Hey guys, we got a good show coming up here. Johnny joins me to discuss John Rahm's controversial withdrawal from the Memorial this past weekend when he was a sure bet to win the tournament. We talk about the Cantlay Morikawa showdown on Sunday. We discuss Brooks and Bryson once again and get into the field and betting for the Palmetto Championship this week in South Carolina. A truly, truly deplorable field, uh, which I find awesome. And it should be fun to bet this one. We get into the field there, talk about what that's going to look like. Real quick shout out to uh, my guys at uh, Swimming Into View. Been trying to figure out a way to do a podcast with them. It just hasn't worked out quite yet. Hope to get to that sometime here in the summer. Uh, they are doing the Zufari 2021 this Friday, June 11th. Uh, you know, if you don't, if you're not familiar with the Zufari, it's a it's a great uh, great event at the Fort Wayne Children's Zoo. Uh, food, beer, animals, music, what could be a better combination raises money for, um, you know, the zoo, all the educational programs, operations, um, probably their biggest event of the season. If you're going, you're lucky. I'm jealous. Um, but uh, Swimming Interview will be playing Friday um, at Zufari. So good for those guys. And... Um, Without further ado, here are the guys from Swimming in the View. Welcome to Your Best Bets. It is the longest day in golf. We are recording this on Monday night of the... Uh, U.S. Open qualifying. Uh, I've had a enjoyable time the last couple of hours uh, watching the covers on the Golf Channel. That's that's been a fun addition to normally a pretty pedestrian Monday night here where I am. Uh, Johnny Strauser is with us once again. Johnny, how we doing? We're doing good tonight, and I have to agree with you on that. This is uh, on starting to finally get to be covered a little bit more properly is u.s open qualifying monday um but it's definitely a, a fun day to follow and as twitter's gotten bigger um it's gotten more and more fun so i wish we had more time to actually cover something like this because this would be this is definitely an interesting day just to see how the the day plays out and see um a lot of these real good players if they can get into the united states open here in a, in a couple weeks Put, we'll put that on the uh, the the to do board for twenty twenty two potentially. Um, the the yeah, I, I don't remember seeing this covers the last couple of years, and I wonder if it's because of the USGA agreement with Fox, and now now it's covered by NBC, obviously, right in the middle of the contract. So I wonder if that had something to do with with Golf Channel not having a prominent role in this, uh, you know, in this sort of Monday qualifying before the U S open. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, a lot of good players, a lot of, a lot of really good fields and especially the, the Columbus field. We were talking about that earlier today. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm happy to say my guy, Pat Rogers is, is now in the U S open. He got out of the bears, the bears club in Jupiter. So, um, all, all's good in the world. And actually that's a guy I kind of like for Torrey Pines. 
<laughs> already, I, I, already I looking mean, ahead in there, it's but like, it's, it's like a top forty bet or something, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Stanford guy, you never know. Just saying. Uh, we got we got a few things to discuss here. Um, uh, I mean, it looks like a tournament's going a certain way, and the the biggest curveball that that you could possibly expect happens, and then Sunday's completely different than you expect it to be and that's what we saw last weekend at the memorial uh through three rounds john rom was uh as dominant as you can be on a golf course as tough as muirfield villages and as good a field as the memorial is this was this was a, a runaway uh he might have won this thing by 10 shots potentially that's that's the way this was headed his strokes gained through three rounds first tee to green first off the tee first approach second putting it was insanity and uh I, you know i was actually i watched i watched through like this 15th or 16th hole and then i got busy doing something and i got a text from you uh and i was like what are you serious so i i had to scramble and see what was going on and um, that was pretty much the 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 WD heard around the world Saturday evening. Un- unbelievable! I'm still I- I'm still in shock. Um, I was uh, I was out of town at a family wedding. Um, got back Sunday to watch pretty much all the coverage, but um, was out of it for mostly Friday and Saturday. Followed a little bit on my phone, but was mostly busy. Saw Rom um, dominated. And just so happened, I think we was it was between the the wedding and the the reception. There I had some time, so I checked checked my phone, and the tweet started coming in that it was like, "Rom Rom withdraws because of COVID." And for the first couple that I saw, I'm like, "No, just because he played that well there, you know, they're probably making a joke just because it's mm-hmm. not going to be a good Sunday. It's going to be, you know." He's he's up by six or whatever it was. Um, you know, he played such a good round. You know, no no possible way of that happening there. This has got to be a joke. And I refreshed it and read read a couple more, and it was like, wait a minute here, this is this is real. And so that's what I, I think I sent you the text there just to verify it. And then obviously you uh, you confirmed that that was true. But I mean. That, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I could say a lot about it. Maybe I, maybe we end up will here, but it's like, I mean, you know, how the whole thing took, uh, uh, you know, took effect. Now you know more about how it first started because this was. It sounds like this was this happened at the kind of the start of the week. Is that correct? Yeah. It, so I, I don't know if he went to the tour and, and said he had close contact with a person who who, who was positive for COVID nineteen. But that to me that had to have happened because then, I it was either that or or he was notified of due to contact tracing that he had came in co- close contact and I didn't know that like the the CDC or the the government was still doing any of the the phone calls for the contact tracing because they were proving that it wasn't um, right you know it was, it was harder to track and everything but yeah was it Monday when he when the tour found out. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. That he, yeah, he was notified on Monday. Um, and, you know, because of contact tracing protocols, um, that he would be uh, requested to test daily, 
and he was restricted from using the facilities such as the 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 locker room, the clubhouse, those kind of things. Tested negative every single day, um, and then he finished the second round in the morning, Saturday morning. Which, by the way, he had a hole in one, of course. And he, so, before the start of his third round, um, I, it was so between those two rounds, he, he got tested again, and it finally returned positive about four twenty. And then they did a, a confirmatory test on that sample again, just to make sure. And it came back at about six o'clock. That was right before he finished on eighteen. Um, so yeah, that was that was the timeline, and it's just incredibly unlucky if you're him. Now, you know we're not going to argue whether he should be vaccinated or not. I, I mean, that's we could get on a, a a path that you know I'm not sure we're equipped to handle on this podcast quite yet. I'm sure everyone has their opinions, but, um, and it sounds like he had the first shot, so he's between shots, so he's, you know, technically not not vaccinated yet. And uh, for those that don't know, the tour put out a, a new rule that if you are vaccinated uh, in full, you do not have to undergo testing. So since that was that was not the case with Rom, he had to continue testing throughout the week. Um, now a lot of a lot of layers to to how that went down. I mean, it's, it happened immediately after he comes off of 18 green where he's, he's informed of it. And if you're watching the coverage, which I wasn't, but if you're watching it, then he kind of doubles over, you know, puts his hands on his knees. It looks like he got some horrible news. Like, like did a family member die? If you didn't, if you saw it live. And then, so CBS goes to commercial and then they come back and that's when uh, Dottie Pepper found out what was going on. Uh, I mean, so it, it, it's it's almost an inevitability at that point that Rob's going to win the tournament. Um, I, in fact, like I said, is it's a question of how much to me, uh, based on how well he was playing, and uh, for that to just for him to just be removed from the field and essentially it's a new tournament that that probably took a lot for guys like Cantlay, Morikawa, Scheffler to uh, readjust their their frame of mind going to bed Saturday night. Don't you think? Absolutely, it did. I mean, that changed the whole complexion. And and um, just hearing some of the how the story went down, the, the, you you kind of revealed some information that I hadn't heard or read about yet. I didn't realize that uh, he'd already received the the first shot. So I mean, he was in that process, which you know there is still some vulnerability to that. Um, but I mean, there there's there's rules and there's uh, certain things in the bylaws of the the you know, the, the player agreement that they've got with the PGA Tour, that if this were to happen, they have to follow certain things, and and it did. But, yeah, I mean, that's just, just the whole story, first of all, is just remarkable and how he came off the golf course and then was notified before he even walked up the, the hill and reached the crowd. You know, they're, they're notifying you and everything like that. So that was quite the quite the scene from the replays that I saw and, and obviously really a unfortunate and whatnot but yeah you know I, mean, I can think about not that high regard but you know that or that high of a level i mean but thinking about being a competitor there i mean really at this point you see rom go out and just destroy muirfield and <laughs> he i mean he basically he's got to shoot 80 the next day to lose i mean i think it was 76 would have got him in a playoff so at that point I mean, he's going to win the golf tournament. It's over. At this point, if you're Cantley or, or Barakawa, you're just playing for FedEx Cup points. You're playing for Ryder Cup points. 
Um, you know, obviously playing for a little extra money there, but you're you're not really in that. I've got that chance to win. So there, there's got to be a different gear that these guys, you know, when they go to bed, that they've kind of got that uh, that different level of focus. And you know, you find out here, you know, right, you know, with an hour an hour after you finish that, now that he's withdrawn, you got to play to win this golf tournament here. That's got to be quite the change. I mean, at least they had the night to kind of, you know, deal with, you know, with, with the gravity of the situation and everything. So I would imagine when they woke up on Sunday, it, it was kind of like a little bit as business as usual because, I mean, these guys are professional athletes and, you know, you do feel bad for the situation that Rom having to withdraw and play for a second, but they're professional athletes. They're, they play to win. It's just like, you know, other sports, when, when a guy falls, you know, the next guy's there to, to step in. And it's just other opportunities, um, you know, to win a golf tournament. So I would right. say by the, by, you know, it, it, it probably did have some effect, but it was probably, you know, once they're, they go to bed, you know, they're going to wake up just, you know, ready to go and everything. And, and as it turned out, I mean, it was, it was kind of a sloppy, but pretty competitive uh, final day because you had the guy who was playing the best that wasn't, you know, that was out of the tournament there, but it ended up being a actually not that bad of a watch. I mean, it was sloppy, but it wasn't like it was like just awful to watch like some of these Sunday events that we've had here, um, you know, in in the past couple of months. Oh, no question. I, I, it was a hell of a lot better than it would have been if Rom was was there closing this thing out. Uh, a couple more things on this before we, we move on to what we saw Sunday and and, and the finish. Um, so Rob completely asymptomatic, uh, which probably adds insult to injury because he feels fine, feels great. Um, so he's got to isolate for 10 days, obviously, um, until he is negative on back-to-back COVID tests. Um, so he's basically in isolation until next Tuesday uh, before the start of the U.S. Open. And so, I mean, it's amazing because his odds were dropping for Tory, you know, Friday, Saturday, and even now, there's still he's he's kind of a heavy favorite. Um, but now, I mean that that really it kind of disrupts the preparation for next week quite a bit. Um, I will say I, I'm surprised any tour player it hasn't gotten the the full vaccine yet, just because of the risk that they put themselves under for something like this happening. I think this is probably the tour's worst nightmare, and we we thought we might see this more last summer i think with the restart um with so much unknown and you know would a big name player get it and you know what would happen well now we've seen guys like dj get it speed's got it rom's got it so i think we're past that but a guy that's actually leading the golf tournament having to withdraw is is sort of the pga tour's uh worst nightmare but i do give them props because twitter was ablaze saturday night with people on you know, here's what the PGA Tour should have did, you know, especially the non-golf talking heads, um, you know, have send Rom out by himself. Uh, you know, uh, Adam Hayes, his caddy, he doesn't even need to come. He can carry his own bag and, you know, all this stuff. Here's the thing. I, I commend the, the tour for actually sticking to the rule, the protocol. I mean, it would have been very easy for them to cave and say, uh, you know, you know, we'll make an exception, you know, but, they had you have to stick by what the rule says. You cannot change something like that mid tournament, and no matter what the case, uh, tough situation. Um, it, maybe it'll it'll 
cause them to reevaluate, re- you know, the rest of the season? I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that if people are vaccinated, they'll they'll have to they'll get to forego testing, and guys that are not fully vaccinated will still undergo testing, and they'll be subject to all the protocols. Okay. So with that said, um, I, I, any thoughts on that? What I just said further before we yeah talk- I, yeah I mean no no you do it you, you're absolutely right I mean you know certain you know you can always bend rules for these superstar players and you know it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to win and I know at one point I think when they first started back up last year at Colonial um, they did have a rule that if uh, or or maybe it was a few weeks later in like Hilton Head if a player did test positive but he was asymptomatic then they had or he could play by himself. And I remember uh, oh, Jason right. Sobel or something like that tweeted, what if that were to happen with one of the leaders and whatnot? So they, they've uh, they've changed, you know, and as as there's uh, um, been access to vaccines and everything that they've, uh, uh, they've relaxed the rules, but they've certainly changed as the CDC has, um, you know, instituted new guidelines and whatnot for, for that. And then, you know, they got to follow certain um, workplace um, you know, testing and, and whatnot. So I think uh, it was. I think it's a week after the U.S. Open. Is once you're fully, uh, fully vaccinated, you you do not have to undergo testing. So they're they're changing as they go, and, and they're trying to be as as uh, in, independent and and non non judgmental on you know player to player as they can. And I think they've done a a pretty solid job with that. But you know what what again? Well, first word to me was was well is Rom getting vaccinated at all but you know these, these guys are younger they're younger than, than a lot of us uh, they're listening on the podcast they're younger than, than you and me so you know maybe their age group hasn't come in quick enough here to to where they can get vaccinated at a quick enough time or maybe they've they've had to adjust their vaccination times based on the major tournaments and whatnot but you know if it, if you know if that's the case but like, like I said, they're, they're, they're pushing to uh, influence the players to get vaccinated with saying, well, now you don't have to test if that happens. So hopefully that pushes uh, these guys to do that. Because, I mean, you look at this. I mean, not only is he losing a, a tour win at a at a you know an up, upper echelon event, he's losing those FedEx Cup points. He's losing world ranking points. And, I I mean, what is it, a million five, seven or something like that was his – his prize money. So, I mean, you know, you got to make, you know, hopefully, you know, if they, whatever they want to do, you know, you make it as a business decision and, you know, you, you avoid that situation in the future. So I'm glad they did what they did and, and made it, you know, uniform throughout and didn't just say, well, Rom, you know, we're going to make an exception for him. So good on them for doing it. And hopefully it continues to evolve and they change as, uh, as we learn more about, you know, what this whole pandemic does, you know, as far as the workplace. You could, you could criticize the tour for a lot of things. Uh, you mm. could, you could criticize how they set up golf courses, how they set up some of these tournaments. You could criticize them over Will Zalatoris not having tour status. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think they can be criticized for how they've handled COVID for the last year. I think they've done an awesome job. Of, I think so too. Uh, I yep. mean, they were the first first sport back last June. Um, I think they've navigated the situation really, really well, um, and it's just unfortunate in, in a lot of ways uh, for Rob. Uh, so the show went on. Um, uh, so we actually, I mean, like we said, we we got a, a pretty good duel between uh, three or four guys, mainly three and uh, three young American players that you know ended up being pretty fun with Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, and Pat Cantley, kind of 
going at it the whole 18 holes and it you know that that round played out not necessarily as i expected for early on it looked like scotty shuffler was going to win this thing based on just how well he was playing early and morikawa and cantley really stumbling out of the gate um morikawa did not have his stellar iron play that he normally has um pretty much the whole day but he was making a lot of six seven eight foot putts to grind this thing out and he really looked to be in good position and uh, for our podcast not having a a winning pick or winning bet since Justin Thomas of the players. Uh, I, I was rooting for you to pull off the Morikawa win bet. Um, it looked really good even going to 17 T up one. Um, but Cantley made a huge putt on 17. Um, the, you know, the, he had looked like he was going to win on 18 and, and then Morikawa uh, let the par putt slip by in the playoff. But you cashed both the top fives on Cantley and Morikawa. Um, so really, Really nice picks there. Uh, uh, you got Hoffman over Cam Smith as well on head-to-head. Um, and then uh, I picked up top tens on Lowry, uh, Pat Reed, and top 40 on Jason Duffner. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so it was a really good week for the picks overall. A lot of winning picks. Just not not the big one we wanted. But uh, that's about as close as we've been to a winning pick for two months. Yeah, it has been a little bit of a uh, of a struggle here lately, obviously. But uh, thought thought more Kyle would end up pulling it out there. Um, really didn't totally trust Cantley down the stretch, but especially when he missed that uh, missed that short one on the par three sixteen, and then come back and made that bomb on seventeen, and. Uh, you know, Morikawa really did putt well. There was a, a lot of improvement. He actually switched putters again, and uh, he did that right before he won at uh, um, the concessions uh, WGC event there. Um, you know, he switched a couple weeks before, and I think this one was either his first event or second event with uh, with a different putter. And, you know, he was real solid down the stretch there. And just, yeah, he wasn't wasn't overly precise there. Um, I I had, you know... When Scheffler started out so well making those birdies and, and Morikawa was shaky, um, I believe Scheffler actually had the lead for a little bit. But, yeah. again, he gets he gets a little bit bulky with that putter, and, and it seems like when he when he misses one, I, I don't know if he, if he loses confidence or if he just gets, you know, he starts overthinking or something like that. But he missed a six- or seven-footer early on the back nine for par, and after that, I don't think he made a sing- single putt that he had to make coming in. So really, uh, um, you know, a good ball striking day, and you know, just just couldn't get uh, couldn't get make the putts when he needed to. But uh, you know, Pat Cantley, who we mentioned, um, you know, we we've kind of really faded here lately as far as his play. Um, but we did mention here on on the podcast, uh, you and I both, that uh, you know, real good track record. He was the 2019 champion. Um, always seems to play well there. You mentioned how well he played uh, final round at uh, Kiwa Island. Um, the, did he backdoor top five? Was that? I, I think he slipped toward the end, but he. I think so backdoor to top ten. I think it was top so, ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah still a good, good round nonetheless. And yeah, just got a comf- of course he was real comfortable with that. Seems to fit his eye and and uh, you know end up uh, pulling out the victory, which which I was happy about. I mean, I was obviously rooting for Morikawa. That's who I had my my win bet on, but. Uh, you know, still end up being a good week for for us with uh, with some you know picks that were 
hitting. So looking forward to, to seeing what we can do here going forward with that. Uh, yeah, Scheffler lost over a stroke putting on Sunday. Uh, that, that definitely was costly. Uh, Cantley, that's his fourth career win. I mean, that feels like... It feels like he's won six times to me, you know, six or seven times. Uh, mm-hmm. I had I had to do I had to double check, and, and it's, I mean it's his second win of the year. Um, you know, he he won the event out at Sherwood in the fall. Uh, I cashed on that one; that was really nice. Um, but uh, yeah, he, so he's won the Memorial twice, and then two other events. But it feels like more, and uh, it's a guy that that yeah we talked about a ton in February and March because he was. He was top five and top ten in every event, and we were huge on him for, uh, especially the players. I remember, and then it's it, it got real rough for a while for him, but he seems to return to to form here, solid across the board. No real weaknesses when he's on top of his game. Uh, he, he's a guy that just has the feel of a of a major champion at some point. Um, you know, it feels like a like a U.S. Open type player to me. Um, so we'll see what what's what what's, uh, next week brings for Cantley. I don't know if I love Tory for him, but um, uh, you know, could could have a, a sneaky summer where he might get a Player of the Year race, having already won twice, and if who knows if he bags a couple more big wins. And uh, I was thinking yesterday, Johnny, when Morikawa looked like he was in position to win, um, I, I was thinking, is this guy off to? you know, a generational start to a career because I believe that would have been his sixth win, if I'm correct. Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think it was, I think it would have been his fifth. Fifth, okay. Fifth, it would have been his fifth win in about 50 starts and maybe even less than that. I, again, I'm just, I'm kind of ballparking the numbers, maybe between 40 and 50 starts. Um, and, and we, we, we talk about him a lot here as a guy that you're going to get the ball striking and if he's a positive putter, he's going to be in contention. Um, and obviously this week he was more than that. Um, in fact, he made up a lot of, a lot of shots with the putter, uh, top 10 in putting on the week, which you don't see from him often. And you would think that would be a win. Um, but the iron play was a little bit lackluster. And I say that he's still fourth on the week in, in approach. <laughs> oh my God. He was still fourth in strokes gained approach. He was, but he, he did lose a shot on, on Sunday alone. Uh, to the field yeah. approach, but so I think that cost him. But uh, I mean, you're still talking about a guy that's got just an amazingly high floor um, because you just, I don't know, every time he's over a shot, I feel like he's going to hit it to five feet. <laughs> it, it doesn't yeah. matter if he's, if he's got a wedge or he's got a, he's got a five wood. I've, I've never seen him hit his five wood more than two yards off line. Uh, he, uh, I mean, if going forward, if you want to bet a guy that you just feel like, could be in contention week to week. It just feels like Morikawa is a, about as good as anyone right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we'll go back to that podcast that we did uh, right before Kapalua this year. You know, you you asked who's going to win the most times in in the next decade, and and I'm mm. I'm still going to stick with stick with him until he proves otherwise because I, I think he's got I think he's got the ability to figure out flaws in his putting like he can he knows he's not a good putter but he knows how to do it and he knows that he can make slight 
um, adjustments, whether it's with the putter itself or whether it's the grip or something like that, just to get something that feels good for a, a little while. And, you know, maybe this might only last for, for two more weeks. It might last three weeks. It might, uh, he might switch to something here for the United States Open. I, I don't know, you know, with something different there. But he's one of those guys that's not afraid to to understand that uh, he's got to somehow turn that weakness into into less of a weakness. And, you know, he's not going to stick with the same putting stroke, the same putter uh, week after week. And that normally is not a very good thing um, for, for most golfers. It's not whether you're a professional or whether you're, you know, a low-level amateur, you know, if, if you – but he makes it work and, and everything. And his golf swing is just, it, it's so good. It's, it's just, it is on plane. It is, um, you know, it is fundamentally almost as perfect as you can get. And, you know, it's just, it's so repeatable, so easy to, to groove it. And I, I don't want to pick on Matthew Wolf because that guy is uber talented, but you look at a guy whose swing is a little bit, you know, a little bit different like that is you rely more on timing. His has got that, he's got that, uh, Morikawa's got the tour game where it's just, he's going to hit it in the fairway a lot. He's going to hit it in the green, you know, hit a lot of greens. There'll be times when he doesn't hit a lot of fairways and he's, you know, he's playing punch outs or playing shots from the rough and, you know, where he can't get that proximity to the hole on his approach shots. And the the putting is going to, you know, is, is going to end up failing them from time to time. But I think we mentioned last week, like Jordan Spieth's a guy right now that you, know, you could conceivably bet, you know, something each week and feel comfortable that he's going to contend. I, I think Morikawa is always that type of guy. Um, certain times, he, you know, he's going to fall off a little bit, but because of that putting. But I mean, he again, he's he's going to try to turn that that weakness into. Maybe not necessarily a strength, but you know something where he can get it around, and he's not afraid to to make changes to, you know, just to show improvement, whether it be for a week, whether it be for two weeks, whether it be for a month, and and he's not afraid to tinker after that if he if it's not feeling right. Yeah, the the memorial, uh, great golf course, great tournament. Uh, the top 20 of this field was, uh, I guess the, the results were kind of, there were some names up there that I didn't expect. Uh, uh, Jimmy Walker. <laughs> I know, I know we, uh, the, only time, the only time we talked about him on this show is about his Lyme disease and his, 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 <laughs> his, <laughs> his, his ongoing battle with Lyme disease. But uh, Jimmy Walker shot the round of the day on Sunday, and he finished T6. I think that was his first top 10 in three years. Um, that was I, I was surprising, certainly. Um, Shane Lowry, I, I, bet, I, I, I bet him top 10, had him in my best bets, uh, finished T6. I, I really like the way he's playing for the U.S. Open. Actually, Who's that? Shane Lowry. Um, yeah, you're you've been big on Lowry here, and yeah, he yeah. he followed through with a good uh, good finish for you. Yeah, I, I I don't know if he's gonna win Tory Pines, but I I just think he's been playing really good golf for a while. Uh, any other thoughts on the Memorial as far as any any guys that you bet or any any noteworthy uh, news or or results from anyone non non Bryson Brooks related. 
<laughs> Not, oh, we can't talk about those guys. Well, we, in a second, I'll, I'll I don't want to. I don't want to talk about those. I don't want to talk about that. Um, you know, I did see. You know, I was impressed. Uh, um, Ricky Fowler played well. Um, yep. He just finished just out of the top ten. He was really trending towards that uh, top ten there, and and, and played well. Uh, Max Homa played good. Um, I don't know where. I still, we haven't. I, I'm still not sure, and not not talking about those guys in particular, but uh, on who who your most dominant guy is these days. So we'll we'll have to see. You know, I thought it, you know it was looking like it was going to be wrong, and maybe it still is. But I, I'm not sure if that that quarantine time um, yeah. is is gonna you know is gonna really fly with him and his emotions. You know, he's gonna be away from the his wife and his child and you know who knows how much access to to practice he's going to have and then he's going to have to come in and play the u.s open um you know pretty much on a day less practice most likely so but uh yeah you know we'll we'll see the 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 golf course was as tough as i i think i talked about that it was going to be the changes were great uh you know phenomenal place to to play and anybody here in, in the fort wayne area especially that might be a good one to go out and visit if you ever want to see a pga tour event is check that place out you're going to get a good field and you're going to see just a phenomenal golf course i think i'm going to do it next year i i, I had planned to go last year i had already i had already looked at tickets in, in february march and i was planning it and uh, obviously fell through um but i think next year it's going to be on my list to do um one more thing about three guys, um, three noteworthy guys that continue to hit it great and putt it terribly. Um, two guys that I continually talk about, Justin Thomas, who just is hitting it incredibly well, but putting it so bad. Uh, you know, on the week he was um, sixth in tee to green. Um, 67th in putting, he lost eight shots to the field putting, including six shots in the final round alone. Um, and he still finished 42nd. Um, Tony Finau, same boat. Um, he was one of my best bets. He was around, uh, at least even on Saturday, and then he just started to drop. Again, he was 8th in tee to green, lost six shots putting. Um, you know, it's sort of the same same situation with Finau, but even worse than that, our master champion, Hideki, he, I mean, he made the cut, but he lost 10 shots putting. Mm. Um, you know, a guy in theory that would set up pretty well for Tory Pines. Um, uh, I don't know what's going on in the background. Is there like a mo- he, motor- motorcycle in your house? Uh, across the street. I didn't think it was that loud today. I can really hear it. The, the microphone really picked it up. Uh, yeah, Hideki was first off the tee this week. Um, decent around the green, decent approach, but lost ten shots putting, uh, including well, including nine point eight on the weekend alone. Um, and and I don't know if he used the same putter the whole week. He switched not only switched putters, he switched putter brands. I mean, it was like, wait a minute, you you just won a pretty big event here, you know, a couple months ago, and. Not only did he switch putter because he's got, they say he's got the one of the most expensive and extensive putter collections um, of any of the tour guys, and he actually went to a different brand that kind of looked the same, but it was like I don't, I don't quite understand that. I mean, you know, he putted pretty well at the Masters there to win that, and then you know, going with something yeah. completely different. And 
he's a guy that always kind of scares me, especially the older he's gotten. And he'll change that stuff from time to time. And it's like, you, you know, you, maybe he's just not comfortable over the ball. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's hard to it's hard to be that successful to do. And, and to lose 10 shots to the field is just, I mean, that's, that's that is so hard to do. Uh, Bryson Brooks. Let's get to it real quick. Um, you know, the, the, the Brooksy <laughs> chance, not necessarily chance, but uh, call outs to Bryson. Haunts, yeah. I mean, Bryson, he, he did himself in by that video coming out with him, you know, with, at uh, the PGA, uh, you know, telling people not to call him Brooksy. Uh, that, that is now a curse for him. Um, what's your take on, on, on Brooks? coming out on Twitter Friday, almost egging, egging it on. Um, feels a little dirty to me at this point. Um, and, and it's too forced, you know? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to be old man yells at cloud type of thing, but this is just, this is bad. You can't, you can't push these people to, to, to be you know, just to be disrespectful to somebody. I, I think Bro- I think the Brooksy chant is such a weak taunt that it, it disappoints me that Bryson acknowledges it. I mean, it's just it's just disappointing. It's just it's not good. It's like if you're gonna taunt me, at least say something funny or something to get a reaction. But it's it's weak to begin with. And then Brooks is like kind of like pushing, you know, Agamemnon to do that. And then he goes, when they interview him, um, Airman Lynch of USA Today uh, had a good article on Twitter uh, where he actually asked him about it and said, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. Why are you doing it? He's like, well, I'm not doing it. You know, I'm not telling him to do it during pe- people's swings and all that other stuff. But it's like there's there's other ways to do things. And this is like golf golf taunting here. Like, you know, like I'm not uh-huh. – it's just, it's just dumb. It's not creative. And, and Brooks is not – this is one of those things that he shouldn't be doing. I mean, you know, there's, there's ways that you can get inside somebody's head. There's ways that you can make it a little uncomfortable. But this is the whole thing is dumb. And the fact that so many people think that it's funny that, that they're calling him Brooksy. I mean, I, I don't get it. Maybe that's another I, thing. I mean, I'm sure if Bryson didn't didn't react the way he did this he would be absolutely is yes he is creating he is creating yeah when you when you do that as a professional athlete you know in any sport you know these the, you know if it's a baseball player and you know they're uh, right fielders going into yankee stadium and they're they're taunting him you either block it out or you, or you don't block it out but people see that and they see that you know you've got a weakness that you're listening and and then they'll you know they'll keep on it that so you know that's that's going to be bryson though he is kind of your he's got those rabbit ears you know he's going to kind of take things more personally like remember colin montgomery back in the day um (laughs) god they hated him so much yeah uh the american fans um you know and i i watched golf all the time then when he was at his when he was pete colin montgomery you couldn't say anything to him and he would he would hear you and, and and whatnot so yeah if if Bryson and his caddy are going to continue to point guys out like that. They're going to continue to do it because that's the type of fan that uh, Kepka's bringing into golf, which which is fine. But at some point, you got to just be like, 
let's 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 come up with something a little bit more original, you know, a little bit better. But it's just it's one of those things that this they're 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 getting that pit money and they're they're just trying to think of just dumber and dumber things just to be loud. And it's just like, you know, kind of whatever. But I mean, if it was me, I and, and I, maybe maybe I wouldn't, but I, I would I would ignore it. I mean, the, you know. Brooks going on Twitter and uh, and and giving away Michelob Ultra to fans that were thrown out is uh, that's next level. Uh, I, I I don't know. It's just it feels really forced, and it's I like rivalries when they happen organically, naturally. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I just don't know if we'd be seeing this without the, without the pip money this year. I really I really don't. Um, I still want to see them pair together. I, I don't think it's going to happen yes. soon. Um, uh, you know, our wish to the USGA last week. I still hope it happens. I don't expect it to happen. Um, be cool. Maybe maybe at the open is where it will happen. The RNA will pair them together, and that'll that'll start. That'll be the beginning of the discourse between the US Ryder Cup team, and it'll be the play of the RNA to to take them down that way. Um, I don't know. I expect to, I expect more wrinkles to happen, and this happened without Brooks even being in the tournament. And he was a huge story over the weekend, so that's how big this thing has become. Um, we're gonna move on, though. We're gonna move on to a tournament that has a abysmal cast of characters this week, and I love every second of it. It's I, I mentioned to you earlier. It's it's like why it's one of those so bad it's good kind of movies this is such a bad field this coming week that it's kind of fun to bet because you don't know what's going to happen anything could happen um you know traditionally this would be the week of the canadian open um but uh, moved off the schedule this year because of covid issues so seeing a golf course i've never seen before and it's it's supposed to be a really great golf course uh congaree uh, down in South Carolina, it's a Fazio course. Uh, you know, according to Golf Digest, top hundred courses, Johnny. I mean, this is a course that's ranked ahead of Beth Page and Aaron Hills. Um, you know, it's drawn comparisons to Royal Melbourne. Um, you know, using the South Carolina terrain, uh, you know, natural hazards, sandy areas, that kind of thing. Really firm, fast Bermuda greens. Uh, you know, the word is is that. You know, you're not going to see a traditional tour course where it's it's soft and you know you can fire at pins. You got to use, uh, got to use your imagination a little bit, especially to get up and up and down. And there's very little rough here, so I, I'm excited to see the golf course. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I just wish the field was better than it is because it's 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 not good at all. Uh, we got. DJ and Brooks, and we got a, a, a bunch of jokers after that. We've had a, a lot of withdrawals, and we might see more uh, for guys that have qualified for the U.S. Open today. I, I expect to see a couple, um, you know, d- withdrawal within the next day as well. Um, thoughts on Congaree? What what do you know about it uh, besides what I've what I've already said? Not not too much. Um, I I did read a little bit about it once uh, a couple months ago when they decided they weren't going to do the the Canadian Open this year and um, named uh, this one the course this course as as the uh, replacement event. Um, one thing I think I saw about it though, it only has like five or six members on it or something like that. 
some weird kind of uh, setup to where it's like invitation only to play and they and the members paid a bunch of money to basically own the golf course and so it gets no play so it's going to be in you know phenomenal shape they can set it up how they want but that really interests me though is that the the going to be you know there are Bermuda greens down there but it's a real fast and firm course and that is that is very non PGA tour like you know PGA tour courses do you know tend to play kind of firm but you you can usually they water the greens enough that they that they hold so they can you know the players make a lot of birdies and and whatnot so this should be really interesting and the layout like you said is a top 100 in the United States court golf course and uh, Tom Fazio um, has designed a lot of you know, really good tracks so it'll be an interesting um, uh, way to see how these these pros approach it like you said the field is just not not good at all um <laughs> which makes it, it makes it interesting for betting i know i know you said you like to bet these types you can generally get okay the the kind of the middle tier guys at pretty good odds or, or pretty good paying odds i should say because usually it gets front loaded with uh the, the few good players that are in it those guys are always overpriced so we'll see how that turns out one thing when we when we do talk about betting this though is this is the week before the the U.S. Open, so these guys you know if they're coming to play in the event, they may not be in in full grinded out mode because they're going to play a really really tough golf course in Torrey Pines um, a week from now. So you know maybe one of those things that they, if they don't want to peak their game totally, they just want to be in good playing shape and have that uh, that that peak score. Uh, be next Thursday when they teed up at uh, at Torrey Pines. Two more things in the golf course, and then, then we can talk about the field and what that looks like. Um, course record held by my man Luke List. Just just FYI, <laughs> Luke List had to make an appearance here. It'll show up later as well, and. Um, one of Congaree's professional ambassadors, Lucas Glover. Um, yes. There you go. Um, Lucas Glover, you know, now I just think of his wife berating him um, mm. more than his play. But it actually might set up pretty well for, for Glover, uh, for his game, actually. Um, so we'll get into it. But, yeah, to, to kind of piggyback on your strategy for the week, to me, you can go one of two ways. Say you have a $50 budget for golf betting for the week. I think you you could, in theory, go all in on, say, DJ at plus $750. Uh, you, could, you could put all your funds there. I, I wouldn't have a total issue with it. I know he hasn't been playing great, but DJ has this tendency to boat race bad fields. He's done it at the Canadian Open a couple times. Um I know he had, like I said, the recent form hasn't been great. It hasn't been terrible. You know, he's generally still making cuts. I know he missed a cut of the PGA, but generally still making cuts, still hitting it okay, uh, just putting it poorly. But this is a golf course that really sets up well for, for him, wide fairways, uh, 
favors guys that can hit it long off the tee. It's a seventy six hundred yard golf course playing to a par seventy one. So it, it, there's some oh my goodness, yeah, there's some real lengthy par fours. I think eight and nine play five ten and five forty back to back. Now I, I've you know there is some dog legs that you can you can cut off a lot of that distance uh, you know with longer hitters. So I don't know if it'll play to that distance, but. In theory, this this sets up great for a DJ. It sets up great for a Brooks. Um, so I would be fine with you using all your funds there, or you could go the other way, and which is what I'm going to do is select five guys uh, with ten bucks each, and and select them from plus five thousand up to plus fifteen thousand, um, because uh, to me there's not a lot of separation from a guy like uh, say Brant Snedeker at plus five thousand for some reason, um, compared to a guy like uh, John Pock, who's coming, I think he's making his professional debut. Uh, Great amateur player from Florida State at plus 15,000. I mean, to me, uh, you know, there's not a huge difference there, and he's got three less, or three times his worst odds. So you could do it that way, and you could potentially see a really great payoff if one of these guys that's 100 to 1 or greater uh, win the tournament. And, of course, you don't have to do win bets. You can do top 20s, top 30s, what have you. Um, so I think that's a couple ways you could do it. Um, that's just my opinion. Um, so talking about the top, DJ Brooks, Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Sunjay, Fleetwood, uh, Norin, and Poulter. Those are the top echelon of guys. Um, it's it's super short when you talk about Terrell Hatton at plus eleven hundred, Matt Fitzpatrick at plus twelve hundred. I mean, I like Fitzpatrick as a player. I just don't know if I'm comfortable betting him at plus twelve hundred when he's never won in the U.S. Yeah, these the the, the numbers at, at, I think at all these guys are a little bit shorter than what they they should be, um, but obviously because of the the, the field strength. Um, and the void of, of a lot of star power there, you've got to uh, uh, you got to consider that. Like you said, you, you've either got to. I think you've either got to go top heavy on your bets if you feel comfortable with uh, with a guy who's got really really short odds, or you spread it out on smaller amounts. Like you said, you, if you got fi- if fifty dollars is your budget, you find either five guys you like at ten dollars each, or you could go ten guys. At five bucks, I mean, you can you can kind of play with it how you want to. Um, this seems like it would be a good DJ golf course. Is he playing well enough? I mean, he really hasn't been, but he, like you said, it just takes him. It just takes him a couple. It seems like a couple good golf shots, a couple good holes, maybe a good round of golf for him to to get into into the swing of things, and then it's you know then it's pretty good there. But plus seven fifty is is. That's really tough. I mean, laying ten dollars to get just a seventy-five dollar return for a win—that's uh, that is really, really short. Um, I, I'd like Hatton at this event, but that's that's not. I don't. I don't like the return on that. Um, Ian Poulter's a name that jumps out. Um, it seems like this golf course would be a pretty good one. Um, you know, being a pretty good putter there. Uh, of course, he never seems to win. Uh, ever so it's like well you know right. um, I don't know if I really like those so I, I may bet very light if anything in those top set of guys because I don't uh, the, the anybody I like 
um, of those top few. Just don't have the number that I'm, I'm really that in love with. So I'm going to stick a little bit down the board there and, and see if I can find some uh, some better value for a guy that's maybe coming out of the woodworks a little bit as far as his odds are concerned. Right. The the DJ versus Brooks, if you had to, you had to pick one, I, I would still lean toward DJ, even though Brooks has had better results lately. Um, and he's, you know, a, a win, a couple runners up the last two, three months. I, I still just, I would tend to take DJ this week over Brooks. And next week I might feel completely different at the U S open, but, uh, yeah. I, I yeah. think, I think we, I think we both would, would lean that way. So 100%. Yep. Yep. Um, so instead of going through like we normally would with different ranges, I'm just going to ask you, give me, give me five or six guys that, that you like at a certain number all the way up to 150 to one. And, and we can kind of do it that way. And, and we could summarize this pretty quick because it's, it's, you know, the, the, the strength of the field and the unknowns of the golf course are make this really difficult to, you know, handicap in, in our traditional way. Um, yeah. First guy, uh, that did jump out of the board when I was first looking at it here not long ago was, um, like you said, uh, the, uh, Congaree, um, uh, representative there, Lucas Glover. He did play, um, he did play in, um, qualifying today for the United States open and didn't play well. So that, that concerns me a little bit there, but, uh, you know, plus 3,300 3, is also, that's a little iffy. I might look at him more of a top five, top 10 bet, but I, I think he's going to play pretty well this week. Um, despite the, the struggle today, um, since he knows he's got next week off, you know, as a, even though a former U S open champion there. So, um, but I, I don't mind him in a, in a top finish bet. Um, I could see him uh, playing pretty well, and I'm sure he's probably played the golf course um, you know, quite a bit there. Um, a number that I can't believe is this low, but and, and not as a win bet. And again, we right now we're just looking at, uh, at DraftKings here. All they have is win bets. They, normally when we talk about these, they have top five, top 10, top 20s, and I think through top 40 on Mondays, but this they just have the win bets on right now. Uh, Garrick Higo, um, the South African, uh, made the cut at Kiwa Island, um, plus 4,500 as a win. Not going to bet him to win, but I do like that name there and him to make the cut. So I'll be looking at him somewhere in the top 20, top 30 range um, You know, as he gets ready for, I think he's qualified for the U.S. Open, I would assume. So... Um, looking there, um, Patton Kazire was another guy I had liked. He didn't do well at uh, uh, at Memorial. He did miss the cut and actually missed it by quite a bit. But him, I don't know. He's he's from the southeast. There, I, I could see him. Um, you know, I could see him having a pretty good week there, and I, I I'm going to probably bet him in some capacity. And then who was my one here. You mentioned Snedeker. What was Snedeker at? Fifty to one. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Snedeker um, hasn't won in a long time. He's he's kind of a lot more hit or miss than he than he has been. He used to be a real consistent player and and not that anymore. But uh, um, I think uh, he finished pretty well at uh, I guess he's, Texas fit. Yeah, he's, KPC San Antonio, and then he's you know he's he's been he's been in the top twenty or thirty here these last several weeks. So he's and, been making cuts. You're right, and he's trending. 
Yeah, you're right. So, I, I, I didn't even realize that. Five straight cuts, three top 20s, uh, top 10 at, at the Texas Open. Yeah. And, and he's a guy I would I would not feel uncomfortable placing a, a win bet on because he has done it before. So he's a guy who I, you know, uh, who I is a good putter and I wouldn't feel um, too too awkward placing a 50 to 1 bet on him. He's he's one that uh, I think can get it done again. He's still on the PGA Tour. Okay. What's a what's a what's a bomb that you like 100 to 1 and above a guy that you think has some some good traction as as a potential winner in this field? I am almost too embarrassed to say this. Do I have to say this? Oh. Is it like is it like Scott Brown? <laughs> uh, it's close. It probably is. Uh, oh God, damn it, Patrick Patrick Harrington. Oh wow! Um, wow. He played pretty well. At the played really well at the PGA. Um, I I don't know. I I think he's he, he's. He's going to be getting switching into Ryder Cup mode here real soon, where you know being the captain here. Um, but uh, he finished tied for fourth at the PGA Championship at 151 to one. I don't know if he he could win, but I mean, playing well at Kiwa, yeah, as tough of a golf course as that is, I could see some of that carrying over to uh to you know to to some. Uh, Good play coming up here, and, and you know I don't think these golf courses, even though they're the same state, are that similar in, in how they play or, or anything like that. But you know, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that, and I'm probably gonna regret it. And I don't know if I'll make that an official pick, but we might we might bet him, and we'll probably bet him in some capacity. I I, I think. Patty so, Harrington. Wow. Patrick Harrington. Yeah. It's not a name that I thought I'd hear. And, and, and let me let me throw one more out there. Um, yes, I, I don't think this is going to be a win bet, but uh, Ches Reedy, yep. he won one of the uh, U- the U.S. Open qualifiers today. So, yep. played well today. Played really good golf today. I think he or he he was at least in the lead. Um, I don't know if the, the the event had finished, but he qualified for the U.S. Open. Um, Two hundred to one. So you're going to get him good on a top ten or top twenty or or whatever bet. Um, he's another guy who I'm. I, I kind of after seeing the results there, that I I kind of don't mind. I was I was looking at him actually because uh, usually a stellar a stellar iron player you know lacks distance off the tee, but can really figure out a way to score tenth in this field and approach. I I, I don't mind Shea Rivet at all. Um, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm starting my. My picks at uh, Luke Lists at sixty six hundred. Uh, as far as ball striking goes in the field, you're not going to find much better than him. He's fifth in the field total ball striking, uh, third off the tee, twenty seventh approach. Even reasonable around the greens. Um, you know he's top half around the greens. Uh, you know I, you know you, you can't lie about the putting. It's um, 147th in this field, probably out of like 150. <laughs> so it's not good. It's He's lost more than three strokes on uh, uh, putting the last three events. He did have that four, uh, you know, great event at the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow where he finished sixth. Um, but, you know, there is some course comfortability. He's played really well here. I have no idea if that was just a, you know, fun practice round, whatever. 
but uh, I still think Luke List has that the means game. something, though. It's got to mean something, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, next is a guy that flashed pretty reasonably at Memorial, and he, he had a rough Saturday, but as far as someone that really hit it well, um, and by the way, it's fine. It's hard to find anyone that's got any form in this field. Uh, I really tried today, but he gained more than five shots. Uh, Tia Green in three of his four rounds this last weekend. It's Rafa Cabrera Bayo. Uh, plus CB. Yep, plus eight thousand, and he was terrible. He was awful for a while uh, this season. Um, you know, he kind of has been one of those Europeans that would flash in a couple of PJ Tour events every season, um, but. I haven't seen him for a while until recently, and, and it seems like he's figured something out with the ball striking. Um, so RCB at plus 8,000 is a number that I really, really like. Um, you know, in a, in a bad field, maybe he's got some pedigree where he can, uh, you know, maybe maybe get it done here. Uh, you know, three straight cuts made, top 40s in the last three events. I mean, that's that's the good play we're talking about, top 40s. Um I also don't mind uh, Joseph Bramlett at plus 10,000, and I'm very confident I have not talked about Joseph Bramlett on the <laughs> podcast yet. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's new territory here. Um, but he is uh, pretty strong off the tee and really good around the greens as well. Um, 13th off the tee, 48th around the greens in this field. Uh, another bad putter. Um, can't can't get around some of these guys. So, yeah, I tend to fall for the guys that can really hit it well, and, and maybe they pick up a hot putting week. But he just had a top 10 at the Byron Nelson. Um, so Bramlett at plus 10,000. Um, I mentioned him earlier, John Pock at plus 15,000. Really good iron player. Uh, top, uh, I don't even know how he has numbers, but I, I've some of his numbers rate out pretty well um, on Fantasy National. Um 30th in the field in approach. I don't even know how he's got statistics. i got to check this out um, as we speak. But um, oh, This just... guy's legit, though. This guy, this dude is a legit... I mean, he won the Fred Haskins Award, uh, best collegiate player, and anybody you look in the last like 15 years who's won that Fred Haskins Award um, has played on, on the PGA Tour. So this guy's going to come out real deal good. It, it's... It, the only num- the numbers were from the U.S. Open. He made the cut. The U.S. Open finished fiftieth. Oh. Um, had good ball striking numbers there, so that's why he still rates out on our analytics website. But John Pock, yeah, uh, I I'm just looking at, at these guys that have had success in college and are now turning pro. You know, or you know, could he be on the Hovlands, Morikawa, Wolf Path? Maybe. You know, it's it's high expectations, but. Um, I'll take a shot there. And then lastly, um, this is going, um, this is is going pretty far down the board. Um, but 250 to one, um, uh, uh, JJ Spawn. Jesus. JJ Spawn at two hundred fifty to one. Um, <laughs> it's it's Why? rough. It's rough. Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you, you, usually, you get one of these where there's no rhyme or reason. 
Um, you know, he's he's made the cut in the last two events. Tw- top 20 at Quail Hollow, where it's a uh, ball striker's course. <laughs> he's picked up strokes on approach the last three events. I told you, it's hard to find guys that have done anything, but I, I was doing some major digging today, and I uh, came across J.J. Spawn at 250-1. So those Give are first round lead with him. There you go. Something. I like uh, him on that bet. But so that's that's where I'm headed with with my picks this week though. Is that's that's the kind of guys I'm talking about. I'll, I'll sprinkle a couple from 50 to 100 to 1 and you know a couple around 100 to 150 and then I'm going to go a couple deep bombs, you know. Um we did just see Cage Lee win uh, at at 200 to 1 a few weeks ago. So it's not it's not crazy. It's it's somewhat crazy, but um, that's that's all I got. Um, any anything else? There's really nothing else available. The books the books are so down on this event; they're not even posting top tens or top twenties, like you well, mentioned. Yeah, they're getting a lot of they're getting a lot of withdrawals on these events on the, on this event here, and the the field is continually changing. Uh, I've been watching um, I think Rob Bolton of the PGA Tour. He tweets out um, who's in and out of it, and. He's getting um, guys, alternates that are getting asked to play, and they're actually turning this down for some reason. I think it's because <laughs> of the U.S. Open qualifying. He actually did. He had uh, there was one or two that, uh, that that said no to it. So, um, but uh, but yeah, I think that's why it's it's a little bit delayed here. I just I'm gonna put a I'm gonna a lot of these names that we talked about. I'm gonna put a little bit on them, at, but. This is going to be a good event, though, that if you do like to live bet, this is a great event to live bet because if you think about, a, uh, you know, like a John Rahm, after he plays well after two days, let's say he's got a one-shot lead, he's immediately going to drop to barely, you know, plus 175 or plus, you know, if you get that over plus 200, you know, which doesn't have a whole lot of value through through 36 holes, but... You know, if you have a guy like this who, who's playing pretty well, like I wonder what KH Lee. I didn't look at that when he uh, he played well the first couple days, and he was still sitting at plus eight hundred or something like that for a win bet through through a couple days. So, you know, if you see who's uh, making putts and not making many bogeys and you know hit hitting the ball well, you can live bet this event pretty. It get pretty good odds on it. So. Yeah. Um, I think that's the way that you're going to have to go on this because we've, we've brought some decent names out, but the guys we're saying are, yeah, I like him because he's made the cut twice. I mean, <laughs> it's not like, you know, it's not like he, they've, they've really, like, done. I mean, I'm bringing out the uh, uh, has-been former major champion who's the Ryder Cup captain this year as – as a guy, like so. <laughs> Which, by the way, Patty Harrington's only top five in the last five years is the PGA. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you never know. I may not put him on my best bets. I you no, never gonna, you never know. I'm gonna stick with him. Yeah, but yeah, just that's that's my thought on this one. I'm not gonna go too crazy on this because it's gonna be hard to find a winner. I think if you do find a winner, though, you're gonna be really, really happy um, <laughs> because you're gonna get good odds, however you get it. Um, but yes. yeah. you know we, we we sometimes at the very end of the show say save your money for the next event when we've got the U.S. Open and there's only going to be a handful of guys who can win that event uh, the United States Open so yeah. um, the odds won't be as good but the, the the possibilities of of a bigger cash will be or to cash it out will be will be good so very true um, 
Uh, you won't be on next week for for the open show, but obviously we'll we'll get your picks uh, for next yep. week and and we'll have those. But uh, we'll we'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh, so yeah, thanks for being on, uh, talking about the the memorial and, and the Rom situation and uh, all these fantastic picks for the Palmetto Championship. Appreciate you coming on. <laughs> yeah, thanks again, and uh, good luck on everybody and all their picks. Your best bet on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, good luck betting the Palmetto Championship. Check us out. Uh, next week we should have at least one U.S. Open show. I might might get a second one out there. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Catch you next time. Bye.